Brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Did you read that uh, Miss Spain uh, did well in the Miss Universe pageant? Why did she? She was a guy. Oh. Oh. Reavers, verify that for me. Where's Miss Reavers? Miss Spain was, he's here. Miss Spain was a uh, guy. Transgender. Transgender. Oh. But uh, uh, Barry has a great point. A male Miss Universe contest it, con- contestant is being applauded by the same people who complain about cultural appropriation. Normally, the left becomes profoundly upset when a woman's achievement is overshadowed by a man. They made an exception, however. Miss Philippines won the Miss Universe pageant, but much of the attention and applause went to Miss Spain, a guy. Wow. Angela Ponce, better known as the reigning Miss Spain, didn't win the uh, Simply by representing her country this year, Ponce became the first transgender woman to compete in the Miss Universe. After the preliminary rounds, the 27-year-old model said it was an honor and pride to be part of the history of the pageant. Very attractive woman, by the way. This is for you, for those who have no visibility, no voice, because we all deserve a world of respect, uh, inclusion, and freedom. Ponce wrote on Instagram on Friday, and today I'm here proudly representing my nation. What's her name? uh, Ponce. Angela Ponce. So Angela was a guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Had the surgery, and and then was in a beauty pageant. looking at the... hmm, Interesting. It worked out for him or her. Uh, well, she's beautiful. Attractive, yes. I mean, that's there's nothing. Because it's an imperfect science often. But so everything's been worked on already. Apparently. Because that's the first thing I looked for. Apparently. Right. What do you mean? What do you mean that's the first thing you look for? A little Spanish surprise. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, they took care of it. Is uh, Miss yeah. Philippines who won? Uh, is she a gal? Uh, boy, I think so. Miss... That it made for an awkward swimsuit competition. Had yeah, the surgery not? not... Uh, apparently, very malfunction. Uh, <laughs> Miss Philippines. I think that was a real gal. See, I shouldn't say real. Well, right. You, we yeah. I'd violate. Yeah, she's good looking too. You know? Norms of the LGBTQRRPPNYZBWXYT well, community. Acting surprised that these women are good looking. Well, what do you think true. they're going to look a like? Beauty Roycey? pageant, right? It's a beauty pageant. Hey, I am here. It's not like a drag show or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not, you know, ripping drag people. I'm just. But that's that's a great point. All right, now I what fo- are the standards of the Mysterians? They don't have any. You know what they are? Just like gender, the standards are fluid. Whatever you feel. Because because Barry's right. Normally, you you would downplay. Hillary Clinton wrote a letter to a nine year old who lost a vote for club president or school president or whatever. Right. Because of an, an, a, a male. Dominated. Mr. Universe has now been crowned as Barry. Oh, that Barry guy that you were talking about the other day. Yes, yes. But I no, don't think the, Barry the pageants are. My prediction is the pageants are going to just go away. People are going to lose interest. I, I think 
the attraction to so many, uh, probably yourself not included, but to the people that uh, saw value in these pageants, Miss USA, Miss America, Miss Universe. Let me stop you right there. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, what was the value in in uh, that used to be? It used to be one of the cultural touchstones of the of of the United States was the Miss America contest. Well, uh, what I, was the point of that? To showcase uh, a young uh, beauty. But women would argue that what all they were showcasing was beauty and not accomplishment or competitiveness or achievement. Okay, or, but who was who was more involved as fans? Most likely, I don't know the percentages. I don't know anything at all. But most likely, it was all the females. This gets us back to there used to be, you know, Wards and Sears. Yeah. There used to be seventy-seven percent of the country watched "I Love Lucy." Right. There used to be probably seventy-five, eighty percent of the country watched Burt Parks and Miss America. Mm-hmm. And what you're and I happen to agree with you. I think all of these things have been have been dismantled to a certain extent, and. Uh, Frankly, I don't know why these uh, beauty tournaments continue to exist because I happen to agree with you. I don't think they mean what they used to okay. mean. But what I'm saying uh, is I really guess I don't know what they used to mean. When Lee Merriweather won. I don't, uh, I don't remember that. I'm, I'm just saying because I know that she's a winner. When she when Lee Merriweather won so many years ago, uh, what were her what were the expectations? There really weren't much expectations. She would probably tour the country, promote some a beauty line and, and whatever else, and she would go on the Johnny Cart. And I, I and I think women would argue that that was uh, unfair to women because it it uh, pigeonholed women into a, a a a specific role, and that was to reflect only looks. And and so now we've got the Me Too movement and feminism and and everything has been blown up. So why is there still this tournament? Well, that, but that's my question. That's what I was leading up to. When, when who put these these extra layers on? You need to be more of a complex. You can't just be a bimbo. You need to to you know they, the the smart questions. Uh, name a state in the United States, and that's always to see how they they always end up messing up there somehow. But that's. Somebody at some point decided to make these more complex pageants, and I don't know that that was necessary because they were fine. The the gals were. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Boot. Like I'm listening to what you're saying, but I only hear what I want to. I think that in defense, that was the juniors, wasn't it? I don't know. That was Miss Junior America. Is France a country? Uh, so that's what I'm saying is they have added these layers and these complexities, and they weren't, it uh, wasn't really necessary. Budapest? I never even heard of that. Like, I want to say, is France a country? I thought Europe was a country. Europe's a continent. Yep. Representative-elect Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, okay. our little socialist. Yes has not officially started her new career as a congresswoman, but she's already announced that she needs to take a self-care sabbatical. Would you foghorn that, please? Self-care sabbatical. That's on par with, I got to stay home because I think I might get sick. Right. Right. Well, she's of that caliber. (laughs) Ocasio-Cortez, a self-avowed Democratic socialist who is heading into her freshman term in Congress, announced the break 
yesterday, Monday, December 17th. Her announcement comes two and a half weeks before she is officially sworn in as the representative for New York's 14th Congressional District. And uh, her announcement seethed, seethed Mm. with political dogma. I'm taking a few days to take care of myself before what is sure to be an eventful term, she said. Uh, For working people, immigrants, and the poor, self-care is political. Not because we want it to be, but because of the inevitable shaming of someone doing a face mask while financially stressed. Does anyone have any idea in the world what this crackpot is talking about? I was really trying to break it down as you were saying it. I don't understand. I don't even think repeating it's going to help. And remember, previously she gave us the the BS about how she couldn't afford an apartment. Yeah, she was basically homeless. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez urged her followers to share their best self-care tips. She later admitted that her campaign for Congress has taken a toll on her physical and mental health. Mm. I see. I neglected myself, she wrote on Instagram, referring to her campaign. Before the campaign, I used to practice yoga three to four times a week, eat nutritiously, read and write for leisure. As soon as everything kicked up, that all went out the window. Ah. She had extra time. Mm-hmm. Ocasio-Cortez later pledged to maintain a raw and honest posture with her constituents and followers, commenting that public servants do a disservice to our communities by pretending to be perfect. Okay. She told her followers that she decided to travel to upstate New York to spend a few days in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wonder what she's using for money because she was already complaining that she didn't have any money to get housing in Washington. Right. And transportation would be, I don't, maybe she walked. She does have a lot of time. At her Why house. do you think uh, she felt the need to make this self-care sabbatical public? Well, because she's an attention-seeking you-know-what. Right. But there's a link to be made. Uh, What's that? Well, when she, she refers to, she's trying to make it political that she needs self-care. Because we, we have to break down this sentence she wrote because none of us understand it for working people immigrants and the poor and she's trying to identify as one of those three okay and none of them are true right. she's she had a very comfortable upbringing she went to uh didn't she go to bu oh look got an economics degree that tells you about the failed academy right there okay so she's trying to make this about being poor working uh, immigrant uh it's almost as though she's trying to say uh, the downtrodden should not be denied self-care. Well, I don't know anyone who would deny the downtrodden self-care. She got her BA from Boston U, yes. Mm-hmm. Let me repeat the quote. For, Where did she get her BS from? I don't right. know. Yeah, right. That, sure came, that comes BA. to her naturally. <laughs> <laughs> for working people, immigrants, and the poor, self-care is political. Not because we want it to be but because of the inevitable shaming of someone doing a face mask while financially stressed. Am I too old to understand this millennial talk? I I don't. While doing a face mask, while pretending everything's fine and and they're, I don't know. Is that a face mask? I don't know. Uh, Does she mean, uh, and she's, she's trying to align herself with these, 
she's trying to identify with working people, immigrants, and the poor. Is she saying we have to put on a face mask to pretend that we're okay when really what we need is self-care? Well, I would ask her, how many working people, immigrants, and poor people have the ability to go to upstate New York, probably stay at a really nice B&B someplace up there, some lodge, uh, and and, uh, uh, chill out for a couple of weeks? New York is never cheap. No. No matter where you are. No. So that she is just a walking uh, time bomb of hypocrisy. Forget what I said 10 minutes ago. This is what I'm focusing on now. But they all are that way. She's not oh, alone. Right. The Mysterians are all politicians. All the politicians. Yeah. No, and I'm, I'm I'm saying look at Elon. Yeah, well, I, have, I haven't seen Elon express the need to have self-care. No, but she, you know, she, she ran on an entire platform, then changed her tune when she realized... They're all spinning BS. That's because we keep attracting people to the political life who intend to be important rather than useful. Ilhan Omar, I say with utmost confidence, has sought out, out a political life in order to boost herself, right? not to boost other people. Uh, Alexandria Octavio Cortez has sought a political life to be terribly important, not to be terribly useful. Probably not worried about the military budget or the... uh, Or uh, potholes. Or potholes, right. They all just want to be the first. I'm so sick of first. The career of politics is attracting people who believe that they know how we should behave and they are they are hell-bent on bringing that about in St. Paul the last sane council person <laughs> yes. in my lifetime yeah. has just resigned yes Dan Bostrom mm-hmm. his final council meeting will be tomorrow and then the council will appoint his fill-in. I, I don't have any faith that they will have a like-minded a Bostrom person. And I talked to him about this. Mm. Why did you resign right now? And he said, I was overwhelmed by good judgment. <laughs> 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 he, he, he agrees with me that he doesn't know where this progressive drift is taking us. Until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And there really isn't... Until it's France. There really isn't much chance that you're going to get a blue... His old man was a machinist at 3M. Mm-hmm. Dan went to Johnson High School, still has the same phone number that was assigned to his house when he and his wife Rose moved into it in 1960. Was a cop on the beat, been on the city council for 23 years. There's not a chance in hell his likes will be evident again unless some tremendous sea change takes place in the country. I sure as hell won't be started in St. Paul, I can tell you that. Hmm? 
I sure as hell won't be started no. in St. Paul. Or, or Minneapolis. Minneapolis is say, no different. We want 10 more percent, 10 more percent every year. It's an old union trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10% this year, and the next year, we're only going to do it maybe 9 or 8%. But we've already got your 10% from last year. In two years, that's 19%. There was a famous uh, and notoriously dreadful and fatal explosion at, at the 3M shops, then on, West, uh, then on East 7th Street in St. Paul okay. at about 1953 or 54. And Bostrom's dad was working that day and, and didn't die. Didn't oh, he survived. Survived, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he got to the point where he took a look at his own life and realized, I'm not going to do this. I can't take this anymore. Why frustrate yourself and, and take uh, uh, years off of your life trying to fight with the— uh, uh, Melvin Carter. The he lost his son. He lost his wife. He had a heart attack. He's he's healthy now, and he's 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 got a gal, and he realizes. Let me just have. Let me live a few years. Here. Go to go to Naples. <laughs> yeah. Go sit in the on the beach. But this is who who's going to replace him? Because the replacement will be hand chosen by the right. city council. Right. Uh, we want you all to think like us. We don't want anybody that that thinks differently or has a different opinion so we can see a different side, we need to tell you, just as we, we have witnessed in Garage Logic over the past couple of months, you have to say what the club, you have to think what the club wants you to think. That's how we rule. Well, that's not good for St. Paul. Name me the women on the St. Paul City Council, because I apologize, uh, her name is escaping. Uh, Brand Moen. Um, uh, Bren- Amy, Amy Brenda Moen. Amy Brenda Moen. Uh, let me think who else. I'm drawing a blank. Now. Yeah, help me, because I'll tell you. I'll tell you an interesting uh, vignette. Uh, oh, I it apologize. It is uh, Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca Noter. Yeah, Noker. Noker. Yeah, no. Uh, let's see. Jane Prince. Jane Prince. Jane Prince wrote me an email. Okay. I've written two columns <clears throat> on this absurdity that the city council has uh, uh, whimsically and arbitrarily decided that the famous James Norton murals in the city council chambers are somehow uh, to be ashamed of now because they feature white people. Right. And she, she to her credit, uh, wrote me an email uh, that was written in such a way that I, part of her agrees with me. Okay. But, but it almost suggested to me, too, that she was uh, maybe afraid to go against the club. Mm. Uh, but so I wrote her back and thanked her uh, because I can't remember the last time a politician responded to something I'm I wrote, impressed by be- that. because they don't need to, because they're they're operating on their own strata. Right. They don't need to respond. They don't, because they're ruling from the salon and they know better. Right. But but she didn't. She took the time, to, and it was very kind of her. It was very nice. And I said, well, possibly you might take a stand, and that that's what I left her with. I don't mm. know if she will or not. I don't okay, know. there's uh, maybe that not, that might not be pushback. That might be just towing the line, huh? Well, no, I push back. I'm pushing but, back with those columns, and I'm pushing back, challenging her to take a stand. Don't don't fall for this BS. I said, where is it written in your job description that you have to make comfortable the uninformed? Well, right, exactly. Why, why do you have to provide comfort to the uninformed? Inform people about the art movement of the day, Diego Rivera, chief among them, the Marxist atheist from Mexico. You think that would sway a few of them. <laughs> right. Make people aware. You don't have what responsibility is it of a of a city council person to provide comfort to people who are too stupid, quite literally too stupid, 
to do their own homework and understand what those murals are. And of all places for that to take place, I mean, I understand Hollywood. You got to follow along the club because otherwise you won't get work. But in the city council, you would think there are supposed to be independent voices and 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 conversations like this. Where does uh, where does Jane what where does she, what does she represent? What part uh, of the Ward city? Seven? Uh, like, describe it to me. Is it and Ward Seven? Let's see, Councilmember Prince. That's well, it should be a little map. Seven here. is is way west. It's below six, so it would be the what part of St. Paul? I gotta, That's what I'm asking you. Dayton's <laughs> Bluff. I just scrolled down. That's Mounds not Park. west. That's east. Green and growing Ward 7 includes the neighborhoods of Dayton's Bluff, yep. Mounds Park, Swede Hollow, Battle Creek, Highwood, Conway, and Eastview. Okay, she's representing people who would probably find her heroic to take a stand defending those murals. Not because of racism or any other thing, but be taking a stand against this political correct crap. She represents people that would would find that right. refreshing. Right. Well, I think anyone in in the any ward would find it refreshing, but wow! And that's you're just going to get another. Uh, how many people are on this? Seven. You're, you're, you're six without boss. You're just going to add another uh, mirror to the others. And the right, this no is this is Tuesday. The time crunch is on. Christmas Day is a week from the day. Christmas. You got to get to RF Molar Jeweler if you want to bring about some successful yes. present giving at home. Because remember, you're not buying. Christmas gifts, although they'll wrap it in a Christmas style for you. You're buying you're buying treasures for the family. You're buying heirlooms. You're buying something that will be passed down, uh, and you're going to enjoy the experience because it's not you're not going to get crushed to death. You're not going to get hassled. You're not going to get hectored by salespeople. This is a family operated business, and they know that giving the gift of jewelry isn't about practicality or filling some need someone has. It's about love and kindness uh, within your own family, plain and simple. And uh, they're going to help you. And there's three locations the flagship store is at Ford and Cleveland in St. Paul. Started by Mr. Robert Moeller 67 years ago. Uh, there's Ford, uh, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, 50th in France in Edina, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. They'll help you find a gift that expresses your love for anyone in the family or anyone you're giving a gift to. Edina, St. Paul, downtown Minneapolis, and online at rfmoeller.com. Much fun, Joseph Take my hand. You ready? Four. What do we do? I don't like that side. High school seniors are taught important skills on adulting day Ooh. at Bullet Central High School in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. What's adulting day? According to WAVE-TV, the event was held at the school and featured speakers from the U.S. Army, banking institutions, churches, police departments, and more. Christy Harden, director of the High School Family Resource and Youth Services Center, organized the day-long event for students in order to help prepare them for the duties of the real world. Hmm. 
Some of the skills taught or at least discussed included cooking, changing a tire, managing finance, and interacting with police officers during traffic stops. You wouldn't really think you'd need to be taught that, would you? Uh, no, that would just come with everyday activities. Harden told WAVE that she was inspired to create the event from remarks she discovered on Facebook. Parents wishing that their children would have classes focused on, mon on money management and honing culinary skills. Huh. I think that the idea occurred to me originally. I saw a Facebook post that parents passed around saying they needed a class in high school on taxes and cooking, Harden said. Our kids can get that, but they have to choose it. And uh, Wednesday was a day when they could pick and choose pieces that they didn't feel like they had gotten so far. According to WLNY-TV, such classes are becoming commonplace in millennials' lives, and even those out of school for many years and approaching 30 years old. Wouldn't the Academy realize this is an indictment of the Academy? What do you mean? Well, well, it's not only an indictment of the academy, it's an indictment of parenting. A kid should know how to Oh, yeah, you so you're making my Yeah, every day. This should be each and every day activities. You don't need a special day attributed to that. One woman, 29-year-old Elena Tumaras, told the station that she opted to attend such a course, she's 29, because she has issue with simple things hmm. that her parents always did for her. I was so used to when living at home, my mom always cooking, she said, doing simple things. Now that I'm on my own, I'm struggling. Poor thing. The station also reported on an adulting school, which was co-founded by Rachel Fleninger in Portland, Maine. Get that. Right, a school, is that, so each and every day they're teaching how to replace a tire or maybe uh Unclog a sink. Flanninger said that she plans to launch online classes for millennials who want to learn things, uh, want to learn about things like how to sew a button, understand art, or tell someone that they love them, as well as how to have a relationship, how to talk to someone, and how not to fight. How do you not, how do you, how not to fight? What is that? How do you? Is this not a peek behind the curtain mm -hmm. at damn near every single problem our world currently has in its, in its true roots? I believe so. It's what? The absence of parenting. Although, in all honesty, because we're not only fact-based, we're honesty-based, I bet two of the kids I used to have couldn't change a tire. But that's acceptable. There's I'm a lot not of people sure that, it is. I'm not sure You don't it is. think it is? I'm not sure it is. No. That part, though, I will at least say with with what we possess, you know, changing the oil, things like that, because of from a convenience standpoint, I'll accept that. I'm not going to accept a kid growing up not knowing how to balance a checkbook or not knowing how to do simple things that should have been taught to them by their parents. Yeah. That That's the kind of stuff I will not accept. Well, I know my first my first two would attempt and probably could change the tire. Sophia, child number three, would just outright refuse because that's I have drilled into labor. them. I have drilled into two of them. Uh, if a tire goes out on the freeway, 
Drive it off. Drive off yep. the freeway. I don't care if you destroy the car. Just drive off the freeway. Don't attempt to fix it on the shoulder. Right. Because then you get hit by another person <clears throat> your age who's texting. Who's not paying attention. Mm-hmm. But I guess what I'm saying, Joe, is every every Tuesday morning I go to my son's elementary school to read. All right? Mm-hmm. And he gets read to— I'm ev- surprised they don't have to read to you. I don't even That's know true. he could read. <laughs> but he, my son gets read to every morning and every night. And there are kids— who I can tell have none of that at home, and that is that that saddens me. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that should be expected on a parent from day one. They have to have classes. My God. <laughs> now I I have to again, in all honesty, I, I I'm not a cook. Boy, you uh, yeah, I should know that. Yeah. You don't have to tell us that. I'm not a cook. You know how to make peppered steak with assistance. No, if I put a chair by the stove, you know. <laughs> Boy, I really... Funny how that always comes up just randomly, doesn't really it? Really got in trouble yeah, for that, that one. one. Oh, I'm not feeling well. Well, how about if I put a chair? Here, you just show me what to right. do. Here, I'll bring it over there. I'll get you a pail, too, but this... Yeah. <laughs> get you just... a pail. I'll get you a, a bucket, <laughs> and then, you know, you lean over and go in the bucket if you have to, but in the meantime, tell me what to do here. I'll do it. The precursor to that is... That wasn't really sensitive, was it? No, but my cartoon bubble to that is it's getting to be maybe 10 to 5. Oh, no, earlier than that. Oh, oh, no. 4.30, let's call it. 4.30, and you're kind of... A a gray winter Sunday. And and you are kind of peeking around the corner at her to see if there's any... She's down. She's on the couch moaning. Right, right. And I'm saying, hey... Boy, what are we going to do for dinner? It's really getting close to 5 o'clock here. <laughs> what's, uh, what's happening? The thought never occurred. Maybe, well, maybe this is what we should order in. To pick up the phone in. and call Dynasty I, and I, get some I, Chinese I, I to heard, go. I heard that that's what I should have done. I, <laughs> I learned my lesson. I, Who's a stone's throw from your house? Cecil's. Right. You could have walked up to Cecil's. I, I learned the hard way. I, <sighs> but I thought I, I thought I had passed the sensitivity requirement by offering to move a comfortable chair yes. into place. I thought that would cover you me. You just walk me through the steps yeah. as you're, you know, clinging Guide, to yeah. life on the counter here. Guide me. Yeah. Yes. That's all I'm asking. Just got the ingredients here. Right. I, I, know, everything. We got it all. Everything's right here. I'll be glad to do it. Oh, my Lord. Uh-huh. Stuff you get into. I'll get you a pail. Yeah. Get you a nice pail. Oh, you know what she loves? When you bring it up. She loves to have that in her back pocket, doesn't she? Well, I don't bring just it up. To, no, but I'm just saying, when it's brought up, she runs with it, doesn't she? No. Yeah, they, it's a, that's a lifetime uh, a back oh, pocket. Yeah. You go straight to jail. Oh, that's that's right up there with why did you have to paint the MG? Or why did you have to go to the dance? So forgive me, did you mention the name of the class? It's just simply called adulting? Adulting. Hmm. But then there's the adult That's not school. even a word. Adulting school. Oh, it's it's a commonly used word with your uh, with your average 20-year-old. Well, finally, I need some help understanding something. Okay. There's a guy in Russia who's, who's disabled, and he volunteered to be the world's first head transplant. Huh. Right? Okay. But then he fell in love. Oh. With a uh, glamorous uh, woman, and as uh, a result of his celebrity being the first head transplant. Well, or? this is what I'm puzzled about. Uh, he's severely handicapped, unfortunately. Valery Spiridonov, sure. 33, was ready to have his neck severed by Professor Sergio, of course, Canavero, dubbed Doctor Frankenstein, and attached to a new healthy body. 
an experimental surgery. Oh, I see. So he would be getting, okay, I'm following you. So I'm he not. He would get the new body. What would a new head have to well, do with his physical if, if disability? He's, if he's handicapped, it, you're taking the head and spine in an experimental surgery and attaching it to the new body. So well, but then to... he fell for this babe. Sure. And he, he waved him off. And the Ruskies, once you're locked in, you're locked can in. You, can you cancel that order? Uh, I don't think so. However, the controversial so. Italian doctor is now working in China where he has received funding for his research while the Russian, who became world famous for his readiness, had has found his own new life. He's a computer expert. He had worked two years with Dr. Canavero, but now accepts that the doctor's first attempts at the futuristic surgery will now be on Chinese volunteers rather than him. Uh, but he also revealed he had suspicions that something had gone wrong with his with the head transplantation plans that mainstream medicine has decided to current as currently scientifically impossible. The Russian has now moved to America, to the University of Florida, where he is studying the computer analysis of emotions. See, there's pictures here of his wife, Anastasia. Yeah. I ain't getting my head cut off either. You're, oh, it's not, you're saying it's probably not worth it. She's, uh, she's quite the looker. Oh. Uh, let's see. They've had, they have a child. Oh. Oh, they do. Oh, so they've been together for a while, huh? In a recent posting, he revealed that with him in America are his bride, Anastasia Panfilova, in her early 30s, and the couple's recently born son. Yo, va, va, voom. A picture shows the proud father who suffers from Wernig-Hoffman disease, a form of spinal muscular atrophy, often leading to low life expectancy. Uh, his baby, the boy's name has not been revealed, was born six weeks ago and is healthy, which Valerie sees as a miracle since the condition can be inherited. Anastasia, who has a master's degree in chemical technology and previously studied in Italy, underwent tests during pregnancy. The couple are not seen in pictures together, but she explained online her love of a man in a wheelchair. She's posing as though she's trying to get into the magazines or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, this one here where she's in the, what, the at the mall? Ooh. And she's... Uh, Apparently a crumb has fallen down the front of her dress, or she's mm -hmm. afraid of a spider, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, Valerie said, we lived in the same city and often met on professional matters and soon realized that we felt really good together. She has several degrees. We got married a little over a year ago in Moscow. What up? Valerie is plainly happy with the way life has turned out, but he has challenged Dr. Canavero to come clean on his work in China amid a suspicion that the Italian encountered problems with his techniques after carrying out a test transplant on two dead bodies. Okay. Do we get the feeling there's something going on <laughs> yeah. out there we don't know anything we about? We just saying that very yeah. I understand that it was a great risk that it had never been done before, he told Russian newspaper. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Yet. I don't have such information today, and it does not help the research. I do hope Canavero will publish it in detail one day. Instead of becoming a guinea pig, Valerie has designed a smart wheelchair operated by voice and is working on consultancy projects. Valerie said of the doctor, I am deep, deeply grateful to Canavero. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, just it's my wild, you know, they have a child and they seem happy, but my wild suspicion would be, that she's using this uh, fellow who was going to willing to have a head transplant. I believe she's using him to move on to better things. That's just my suspicion. Okay. okay. Well, but but could we just leave it 
in the hands See of... See how cynical I've become? You are, yeah, you're and, really and that's cynical. fine. I am too. But maybe it's, hey, there's somebody out there for everybody. There really Everyone. She said she's got a thing for a guy in a wheelchair. But she's... Uh, he ran with it. He said, hey, hey here I am. Right. But she's, she's stunning. Yeah, she's good looking. That's what uh, I meant. Uh, uh, he's got a... Uh, in a recent social media post, uh, Valerie... Uh, shared the news about his life in Florida. She's stepping out of the pool mm-hmm. and, uh, you know. It's working out for uh, I think he was happy that day. I think so. I think he was saying, you know, it's a, it's a nice sunny day. Let's go by the pool again, dear. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, July Odachi, mm-hmm. which means good luck. I'll say she did. Yeah. All right, the groinies, January 3rd, 2019. January 3rd. We can handle that, can't we? But we'll be back with uh, more Garage Logic tomorrow. Did you hear that? We'll be back with more Garage Logic. Go to garagelogic.com. Find out the latest creation from Mr. Greg Holcomb, a very talented artist that captures Garage Logic. Also, what's on Joe's Bookshelf Author's Corner. And please don't forget to rate us if you get the chance on Apple iTunes. We'd love your feedback, but we also want to get the word out for the podcast. So tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, Especially around the holiday season, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Tell them about the podcast. We want everybody listening worldwide. Thank you, though, from the bottom of our hearts. We don't want to have to cancel Christmas. Let's not cancel Christmas this year. <laughs>